sort of literally just came alongside me and turned in. So he protested me. I like it, Waterloo. Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid. Uh, my name is Chris Evans and I'm joined by Stu Greenwood. Hello. And radio personality Tom King. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, for anyone who didn't see, uh, the good people at Radio City Talk had Tom on earlier today to talk F1 for a bit. So if you want to have a to listen talk. to that, it's on. <laughs> yeah, just to talk. Um, so yeah, there's a link to that on Twitter and Facebook if you fancy listening to, to Tom's radio debut. Mm, it's not my radio debut. It oh. is for the back of the grid. I've oh, been on see. the radio oh, before, oh. though, haven't well, I? Why are we bothering then? Why are we bothering <laughs> with this? <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you to them for inviting us on. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll be on again at some point in the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. But we are here today to talk about the Canadian Grand Prix, um, home to lots of amazing Grand Prix in the past. Um, this year's probably not on that list. <laughs> Um, I guess we'll get into that a little bit later, but it wasn't the best of Canadian Grand Prix. But starting with uh, free practice, uh, Grosjean had his bad luck continued, shall we say? Um, his engine blew up in a fashion I've not seen an F1 engine blow up for some time. Like it was a proper old school, just the whole engine lets go and billow smoke. Um, yeah, the modern ones don't seem to do that quite as much. No. I've not seen that happen since uh, it happened to Hamilton in 2014. Yeah, I mean, and even then it wasn't really billowing smoke, was it? it not was not as fire. dramatic as this. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then for good measure, he also uh, hit a marmot in free practice <laughs> too, which made an almighty mess of his front wing, um, which was a shame on a weekend when Haas admitted they are running low on spare parts at the moment and asked their drivers to be particularly careful not to break yeah. anything. Just a question. Is there a difference between a marmot and a groundhog? Nah, they're the same thing, aren't they? It's just another I, I, name. You want a different uh, podcast for info like that, I think. I yeah. just I just wondered because somebody said he'd hit a groundhog and somebody else said he'd hit a marmot. I just wondered if the different things are the same thing. Um, there's a lot of it left on his front nose. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and on the camera, disgusting. Yes. Yeah, that footage. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, anyway, anyway. If you know the difference between a groundhog and a marmot, uh, write in and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, he said he was laughing about his run of bad luck, so he's got that going for him at least. Yeah, he, seemed, he did seem fairly chipper. I saw him um, walking down the paddock. It was, I want to say it was between FP3 and Q1, so before qualifying started. And considering the situation he was in, he did look fairly upbeat about it. Um, and I think it's because he knew that there was some pace in the car and it's just bad luck yeah. that's not let him utilise it, as you sort of see from the race pace a little bit, I guess. Yeah, it's probably yeah. thinking it's not his own fault for a change, so he's really... <laughs> that is true, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've said exactly what let go in his engine. It looked like everything, but <laughs> I'm sure we'll find out before uh, the next Grand Prix. Moving on to qualifying, Vettel had a scary moment or two with kind of Monaco-esque actually people just sort of chilling out in the run to the last corner to get a gap for yeah. their qualifying laps and Vettel comes steaming down the back straight to find people just strewn across the track tootling along like they're on a Sunday drive which is a little scary yeah there were a few um, off the racing line to the right which I think's not as bad but the main 
scary moment for me was one of the Renaults being on the racing line. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just bad team communication, really, not letting the drivers that are backing up for space know that there's a guy on a hot lap coming through. But, yeah, it could have been a lot worse. I don't think anyone got a penalty for it, did they? I don't think they did in the end, but... Um, yeah, it's like I say, it's still a little scary that closing yeah. speed potential. Yeah, uh, it's, it's we... just it's just bad luck, isn't it? It's just how it how it shook out. I mean, really, it's down to the engineers to send him out and guide him around the track to. I mean, yeah, to a there measure is an of art in that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it, it really is just it's that's qualifying, isn't it? You know, that's part of the that's part of Formula One. Yep. Yep. Uh, did make a huge difference though because he still got pole position um, ahead hmm. of Bottas and uh, Verstappen who I think probably could have been a little disappointed with third after he topped every practice session leading up to qualifying um, Red Bull definitely looked quick because all all Renault teams did get the engine upgrade in the end yes um, they did he definitely seems to have made something of a difference I think mm, yeah definitely um, but it's sort of masked by the fact that Mercedes didn't have their engine upgrade because there was a, an issue with the new engine. So everyone but the Mercedes teams had new engines. So I yeah. guess until we see them all with the new engines, it's going to be hard to tell the, if the yeah. order's really changed much. Yeah. So moving on to the race, um, we had the start under some weird star-shaped lights because sponsorship. Um, <laughs> I don't actually... I assume those star-shaped lights were only the ones like facing the TV cameras. I... I'm guessing the ones facing the drivers were still the normal round lights. I didn't even notice that they were star-shaped, to be honest. Oh, really? I would expect the ones facing the cameras would be just thing. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I haven't seen <laughs> um, an onboard from the... from. I haven't no. actually seen any onboard. Well, I haven't examined any onboards. I have seen an onboard, which was um, Lance Stroll's onboard of the start, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a moment, I guess. Um yeah. The only real thing of note off the start line was Verstappen getting a good start to get up the inside of Bottas into turn one. Although the fact that he was about a foot in front of his grid box that no one seemed to bother doing anything <laughs> yeah. about probably helped. I was amazed I didn't get picked up, to be honest. He'd looked a Did fair look distance far out of his slot, didn't he? Yeah. There we go. Maybe, maybe he somehow managed to roll back into it or something Possibly, like that. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Um, but Bottas sort of held him off through turn two. It was like some of the more aggressive driving I think we've seen from Bottas this year, which was good to see. Mm. Um, I think Bottas was given the pace Mercedes seemed to have in like race pacing practice Bottas should have been hoping for a win Sunday I think but never came to pass unfortunately but he did everything he needed to through turn one or two at least yeah um, and then I guess we get to Mr. Stroll and Mr. Hartley don't we mm. Mm. They're coming together through turn five. Um, so start, uh, Stroll had another amazing start, as he seems to do every week. He went, he like shot between the two McLarens off the line, then up inside Hartley into turn two. He was like three or four places up by the exit of turn two. Um, then he gets a little bit of, out of shape on the exit of three and sort of nearly brushes the wall, which gave Hartley the run around the outside. Um, and then it just looks like Stroll just lost the rear end and slid wide which normally he probably would have saved it but unfortunately there was a Toro Rosso there yeah um yeah so do you want to get shall we get into that are we getting into yeah, it yeah dig in is dig there in. more to say before we go further um I mean the, the well, only thing is it, it there was some talk of whether there was contact 
with someone else before he lost it, whether he had a slow puncture or something, but having watched the replay a few times, it just does look like Stroll just yeah. <clears throat> lost the rear and which is pretty much what he said afterwards as well. Yeah. From what I from what I've seen, and I don't think necessarily you guys would have seen this, but um I watch I've been watching I've watched a few onboards today and uh, the onboard from Stroll's car no, not Stroll, sorry, from Sirotkin's car um, shows that there's no... That you don't really see... I, didn't, I couldn't see any contact between yeah. the two of them before the big impact. Um, it does look maybe a little bit like there's some def- deformation in the tyre, but I don't know whether that's just the rolling shutter of the camera. Yeah, possibly. And not the, an and actual deformation or, or a trick of the light or something. Um, what you do see is... Stroll just totally loses it. Like his yeah. rear is just gone, um, and you also see that Stroll goes into the wake of another car. Yeah, he's behind one of the Hasses, which I'd assume is Leclerc that far up. I'm sure it was a Hass. Not in a Hass, it wouldn't be. Not Sorry, in a Hass. A, a Sauber. <laughs> he's behind a Sauber, I think, of Leclerc, but I'm not it's 100% def- it's a, it, sure. Yeah, he's behind a white car. Something um, with white. Something white with red trim. He was behind. Yeah. So it's either I'm a Hass or a Leclerc. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to me, it looks like he's lost it all. I mean, with the help of the wake of the car ahead, yeah. but it, it, it's it's all by himself. He's done it Which all on again, his own. I mean, you watch he's on board and he reacts straight away, and he probably yeah. would have held it otherwise. But yeah, but to be fair, Hartley. and I mean, Hartley's absolutely well within his rights to be there. You know, the the move the move was totally on. I think the move was on. If he if is. it wasn't if it wasn't for the snap of oversteer that. Um, Stroll had got you're exactly right, and you know that's unavoidable, which is why it's a racing incident, realistically, isn't it? Like, yes. I don't think you can put either of them at fault because you can't blame Hartley for being there because he's within his rights to, to try and get that inside line for the next turn, yeah. But you can't really blame Stroll because there's every chance that the wake of that car ahead is what's caused the snap of oversteer. And in, in any other scenario, without the car being between him and the wall, he'd most likely have caught that because watching the onboard, he appears to catch it, but then as just as he catches it, it looks like the rear makes contact with the side pod of Hartley's Toro Rosso, which is what yeah. kind of catapults him round into the wall, destroying the front and obviously mm. lifting Hartley up as well in the process. Yeah. And it, it is just a series of unfortunate events, yeah. I think. There is there is something to be said about the risk of go, trying to go around the outside of a Williams this season. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> because there's say, always like, a chance it's going to lose grip. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, like maybe he's playing devil's advocate, but... Should Hartley, you know, a man under pressure, as we know, on the back of, I mean, up until that point, it's probably been his best weekend of the season. Like he'd, he'd made it through to Q two, handily outqualified his team. I mean, Gasly obviously had a grid penalty, but even so, like Hartley was faster than Gasly in yeah, qualifying. Yeah, categorically, should he have been were, putting himself in that position on lap one in the first place? There's, there is the point though. I'm, I'm the thing that interests me is I want to see them two now with the same engine because the thing to remember is in qualifying Gasly swapped back to the old engine without the updates due to problems so I I sort of take the I was really impressed by Hartley initially but then I sort of thought I need to take this with a pinch of salt because Gasly had swapped to the old engine for qualifying because of problems and then because he'd ended up so far back they fixed the problems with the new engine and just took the grid penalty to put that back in yeah because there was like nothing to lose at that point um 
which is why he had a decent run through the field. But I think you're right in that maybe more experience on Hartley's part and the fact that um, he needs to be getting results with more experience, I think most drivers would have maybe backed out of that. You know, as he was getting run a little bit wide in into the first kink where he, he runs a little off the track on the rumble strip. Mm. I think yeah. a lot of the more experienced drivers on the grid at that point maybe would have just backed out and given it given losses. it until the next attempt, knowing I'm faster than this guy, I'll get him on a clearer bit of track. Yeah, but th- but that's the thing this season though. I don't think it's as simple as that. Like you need to make these early moves around if you can there get around that. a car on the first lap. There's th- that's probably the only chance you're going to get to get around them unless you're doing it on strategy through the pits. Yeah, yeah. So these cars are so difficult to follow this season that you're going to see all season we are going to see these kinds of moves on the first lap people desperately trying to get around the car ahead because he's thinking I do not want my race to be ruined by one of these Williams when I've got a brand new engine in my Toro Rosso yeah yeah don't Um, be stuck behind a Williams for the entire rest of the race I mean even with an extra DRS zone this year it was 22 overtakes I mean the extra DRS zone I don't think generated a single overtake hmm it's yeah, it's it's a shame. I mean, at that at the point of the crash, he was obviously significantly ahead of his teammate with a better engine. He was ahead of uh, Charles Leclerc, and they finished eleventh and tenth. So you know, he could have been on for points potentially. And yeah. instead, here we are yet again talking about more nails in his coffin. Um, mm. I mean, there's been stories this week that Toro Rosso supposedly approached uh, Lando Norris, the current <laughs> F2 points leader, yeah. to. Yep replace Hartley as soon as the Austrian Grand Prix but uh, McLaren um, because obviously Lando Norris is a McLaren young driver uh, stepped in to block that move which I think is probably yeah I think that's smart on McLaren's part you know obviously you don't want to give one of your assets to another team but also just not throwing him in that deep that soon like at least a season of F2 I think McLaren need all the great drivers they can get at the minute yeah their drivers next year are still very much up in the air um so all of that of course caused the safety car as we always have in canada um then at the restart uh it's a really good restart from vettel um and then we got as far as turn one before we had another incident uh this time it was signs and perez coming together um signs sort of got away with the whole thing after they kind of bumped wheels a little bit uh perez ended up being he sort of power slided off the track at turn one and i think quite dangerously rejoined halfway through turn two like yeah i think he was alonso and leclerc had to just split and go either side of him yeah Um, normally in that scenario they used to um sort of head straight on and merge back in didn't they after yeah sort of hug the wall but i guess depending on how much difficulty he was having control in the car maybe made his mind up but yeah, mm, risky. Yeah, it, it definitely nice looked slide at least. It, well, it definitely looked like the rear was completely gone, and that he, he was going. To, if he'd not sort of kept a bit of a footing, then he might have been, or just the right amount of footing, then he probably would have been turning around, yeah. facing the wrong yeah. way. It's true. Um, or in the wall. Yeah, uh, and the last thing you want to do is also just go straight off the other side when there's still cars going around the other side yeah. as well. So it's a, it's a difficult corner, I think, to recover that one especially where yeah. after a safety car restart because it, it does get so crowded down there um every it's just up to everyone isn't it to make sure that if someone does go off you're aware of it and 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 you yeah. make way for them to get back on especially on something like a safety car restart yeah absolutely 
Um, Signs said he kept his line and Perez turned it on him. Perez says Signs ran into him and he should have been black flagged, which seems a little extreme to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it went down as a racing incident. I think that's probably fair. Yeah, I think so. I if anything, I think I'd probably put Perez more at fault. Um, Signs left definitely left him a car's width and Perez wanted more than that, I think, but it was six one half dozen the other end. He's got a form yeah. there, though, remember? True. <laughs> Remember the one with Massa a few years ago? Yeah, he's had some fun yeah. in that corner in the past. Yeah. Oh, that was brutal. That, that one was yeah, actions, that, yeah. action zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you notice we're talking about previous years' races a lot? That's yeah. uh, Do you remember, yeah. Do you remember that know, year Jensen yeah. one after going all the way to <laughs> that the back? Great, that. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just sit and watch that race? Again? Yeah, let's. Yeah. <laughs> The four-hour spectacular, <laughs> if you count all the stoppage time. <laughs> yeah, Just watch all that red flag time. <laughs> it is strange how a, a, a four-hour-long race can be so much more entertaining than two hours, well, not even two hours, like an hour and three quarters <laughs> yeah. of a normal race. Anyway. Uh, we also had Alonso and Leclerc battling yet again, as they seem to find each other every single race at the moment. Um, Leclerc held him off for quite a while, some really good defensive driving from him yet again. Uh, but I think Alonso eventually got past in the pit stop phase. Um, not that it was for anything in the end, as um, on his 300th race start, he had a something on his engine let go. He retired anyway. Um, I've not again. I've not heard exactly what went wrong, but uh, gearbox. I think it was. Oh, was it his yeah. gearbox? Oh no, sorry, oh, okay. no, 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 no. It was exhaust. Exhaust. Sorry. Exhaust. Oh yes, of course it was broken exhaust on his brand yeah. new Renault engine, which is a shame. Uh, not a, not the best way to mark his 300th race start. <laughs> um, that's seven times he's retired at Montreal now it's never been his best hunting yeah. rounds even when he was in uh, decent cars I think he's it? had, yeah, he's had yeah. either one or two wins there but you're looking back to Renault days for at least one of them yeah um, interestingly I saw off the back of this um, race uh, Graham Rahal the uh, IndyCar driver <laughs> um, tweeted at Alonso saying um IndyCar is calling your name. We'd welcome your competitive spirit and insane driving talent. Come race with us. See you in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, to which Alonso replied with a How I Met Your Mother gif. Yep. Um, so <laughs> take that what you will. Does that mean he's met his mother? <laughs> <laughs> um, who knows? Um, <clears throat> there was, I did see something else earlier this week about, I think someone was asking Zach Brown whether. Alonso would be at McLaren next season and he said something like he'll be in a McLaren wherever that is yeah. or something along those lines it's it's definitely sounding like they're looking at an IndyCar entry in the next year or two um, mm. I still it's, think we're seeing Alonso's last yeah, season yeah it's all teeing yeah. up uh, McLaren IndyCar for 2019 isn't it yeah. yeah do you know what I'd almost be more excited watching him racing at the front in that like it would be such a loss for F1 to lose him. Well, exactly. But... Think about how many people, in similar vein to the Indy 500 last year, think about how many people are probably going to tune in to Le Mans this year that oh, yeah, wouldn't totally. normally. Like, Obviously, we usually would, but there'll be so many people out there that will tune in and potentially turn into WEC fans off the back of it um, just because he's I going there. this will be their highest... Yeah, this has got like going to be the highest viewing figures yeah. in years, and and he's got a legitimate mm. chance to to bring home that victory, which yeah. then just leaves the Indy Five Hundred. Like, 
it, he's said for years that this is the goal that he wants to achieve and he's definitely put himself in the right places to do it and I think if that means sacrificing F1 because he's in, for a while because there's not a championship winning seat in there I can't blame him and I, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if we saw him doing Indy next year I genuinely wouldn't yeah same I think it's safe to say that just on, on McLaren it's safe to say that it's it's certainly not the engine, I think, that is at fault anymore no. at, at that team. Um, no. It's definitely a chassis thing. The The Honda was quicker, categorically quicker this weekend yeah, than, yeah. The, the McLaren, the McLaren um, Renault. Yeah, worked and Renault was worse significantly exactly, faster. Exactly, we know the Renault engine's yeah. not exactly a slouch itself because you've got the Red Bulls and then the works Renaults. You know, Red Bulls are, are giving a decent fight to Mercedes and Ferrari, given the opportunity, and the works Renaults the last at least two weekends, if not three, have been best of the rest, more or less, uh, you know, picking up yeah. them seventh and eighth kind of places, so... Uh, you know what, as well, it can't. all this can't be making it easy for... Uh, for Red Bull to choose which engine to go with in the next yeah sort of yeah couple of years, I think that I still think they'd be bonkers to go with Honda, considering the relationship they've got with Renault. Well, um, the- well, Gasly after the race said because Gasly took a, uh, one of the new version of the Honda engine before the race, so he was demoted from 16th to 19th, um, and then recovered to 11th place. Uh, and someone asked him whether he thinks it was worth that grid penalty um, given how many places he made up and he was like absolutely yes like he probably thinks he would have finished three places lower had he started higher with the older engine yeah. so he's definitely happier with what Honda are doing I don't know Red Bull are, Red Bull have sort of made their own bed here haven't they they've spent years complaining about their engine manufacturer and now they've got themselves in a difficult situation where they don't have many engine options I don't know what I'd do if I was them to be honest they're a team running out of resources, aren't they? Not many drivers, not many yeah, engines. Yeah. What's mm. going to happen? Although they have got Aston Martin knocking on the door as well for 2021. I yeah, suppose this, it's, this next couple of, yeah. it's this next couple of years that are sort of up in the air for them. I think they've got. I do think they've got a plan for 2021, and I think I personally, I think that plan is. Um, Aston yeah, Martin. Yeah, the, the key for them, I think, is probably trying to hold on to arguably two of the better drivers on the grid for that long because mm. if they're not competitive yeah. between now and then over the next two seasons in 19 yeah. and 20 both those although max is contracted i guess until 20 so if then aston martin come knocking and they do want to do that partnership and that goes through that might persuade him to stay but you know ricardo could be gone at the end of the year contract wise so absolutely um, I think he will become. I think he'll go to Mercedes. Yeah, I think so as well. I um, I saw him asked about if he'd spoken to Toto Wolff lately, and his response was, uh, "I had a conversation with him yesterday. Actually, yeah, it was about beef stroganoff." <laughs> 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 and then he just yeah. started talking about beef stroganoff. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the front, the only real change we saw was Ricardo getting past Hamilton in the pit stops. Um, Hamilton had to pit early as they were managing sort of engine overheating issues. Um, he had engine issues the entire race, basically. Um, yeah. In fact, I, I think after the race, sort of, when he was asked, like, are you happy with where you've ended up finishing today? He said he was basically happy to have finished the race, yeah. which was the, uh, <laughs> the concerns I had about that engine. Yeah. I, I could be wrong in this, but from what I've seen, I believe that 
when he came in for a stop at some point, which it must have been that one because he only had the one stop, didn't he? But mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I heard that. I don't remember seeing it on the footage, but I'm, I'm sure I heard that there's like um, a small piece of um, sort of bodywork that is around the area where the halo joins to the body of the car, yeah. and they mm-hmm. they remove that to improve the ventilation into yeah. the engine. Absolutely right. Yeah, I thought that's what I'd heard, but I wasn't 100% sure. So if you watch, like, before the pit stops and after the pit stops, if you compare the two cars, the two Mercedes, Bottas's Mercedes and Hamilton's, you can see next to the side pods, there's, there's, after the pit stops, there's two massive holes (laughs) where the vents (laughs) would have been, um, which obviously they had to remove for cooling purposes. um, And it sounds like, the engine was ready to go by the time it finished. And you got to remember, they were due new engines this race. Yeah, this yeah. was his seventh race with that engine, yeah. wasn't it? So that engine's done more races than it was designed to do at this and, point. And it's a fairly engine-heavy track. It's a power-heavy track oh, because yeah. of the straights yeah. and stuff Big like time. that. So I think this testament to that. And I did honestly see a lot of people saying, oh, it's just Hamilton making excuses again, which I'll ho- <sighs> I will wholeheartedly defend him on this because... Like you say, they, every other team, bar the Mercedes teams, had new engines. By scheduling times, this is the, the time for a new engine anyway. And and it's an excessively engine-limited track. So you cannot take... like People are trying to compare it to Danny Rick in Monaco. And yes, you can compare it in the sense that Danny Rick brought home an extremely wounded car, but in very different circumstances on a, a very tight, oh, twisty track that was not depending on that engine and, and, and a track that's extremely difficult to overtake, especially in these cars. It's not exactly known for its overtakes, even in previous years, let alone in the last year or so with the, the newer, wider cars. So... I think to try and compare the two of Danny Rick won a race with a wounded car, Hamilton can barely finish yeah, behind the other front runners is two very different yeah. scenarios and not kind a valid argument. Comparison. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a moot point. Um, I, I, I've just realised I made a mistake then as well. I said that that engine's done more races than it's been designed to do, and that's not actually the case. I think this engine was scheduled to be run in Austria, but it's obviously Austria's less... Well, it's a fast circuit. It's much yeah. less uh, power-dependent. Yeah, I, I think it would have maybe made another showing, like you say, but it would have more than likely been a, a less power-hungry track, like you say, and it is one of the reasons that all the teams were bringing their upgrades here. Yeah, yeah, because it's a 21-race season, so I guess, in theory, seven races per engine. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. practice, it might not be quite but, that, but... I bet the life that Canada take well a track like Canada takes out of an engine, you could probably get like two Austrian races out of the same amount yeah, of life oh yeah, exactly. or something yeah, like yeah. that. Which is the why yeah. the reason why they schedule them in terms of the usage like yeah. they do. And which mm. quite nicely validates what I said, Tom. So <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um what else happened? I mean, Kimi was last Kimi. of the people to pit yet again, <laughs> which means he rejoined behind uh, all the Red Bulls and Mercedes and then mm. just sort of tootled around behind them. He was a classic Raikkonen race, really. <laughs> last of the pit stops ends up behind people. Yeah. How many laps? Didn't he do like 45 laps on ultra soft tights? Something like that. Uh, actually, I can probably tell you that right now. He thirty two on the ultra soft, yeah. Thirty two on the ultra. That's oh, 
who did someone did loads more laps on the ultrasoft so i'm trying i'm just looking at the data hang on well um here we go oh vettel did 37 on actually vettel and bottas pitted later than most people didn't they uh grosjean did 48 laps on the ultrasoft (laughs) And then 21 on the super did, soft. Did Stoffel not do that many as well, roughly? Uh, Van Dorn did 47, yeah. yeah. He did, he, he, so he kept, Van Dorn came in on lap one because he ran over the yeah. debris. Uh, oh, yeah. And put them of on the, of the Grosjean and then had to seats. stop again around the same sort of time as Grosjean. I remember mm. them stopping around about the same yeah. time. And then he did 20 laps on the hypersofts, yeah. which is even the, the second most of anyone on hypersofts. Only Gasly did more with 23 in his opening stint. There you go. Yep. Um, then we had a bit of late drama with Bottas making a sort of a late charge and he was catching Vettel by a pretty decent chunk um, but then he made a mistake into turn one and lost more time than he'd gained yeah. and that was yeah. I think he lost nearly two really. seconds on that mistake he did yeah it, it was, was a, big yeah. it yeah, was lapping one. one of the Renaults one of the Renaults yeah. yeah I think it was Sainz um, yeah it was the second Renault on, along the crocodile yeah so uh it would have been science because Hulkenberg came seventh, did he? Yes, yes, um, yeah. So that was it, was, ah, it. It was a bit of a. I felt kind of bad for uh, science in that situation because science was giving Hulkenberg a right old chase, and then because he had to let Bottas yeah. pass twice, yeah. Um, yeah, he ended up losing loads of ground to his teammates, so he lost out a little bit there. I think it would have been a good little battle to watch at, at the end. We got robbed quite a, of quite a few battles, I think, today. Uh, not yeah, today, yesterday, as as happens so often in Formula yeah, One. Yeah. It's just how it is, isn't it? Unfortunately, um, we also technically got robbed of two laps as well. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness! He took getting he took thirty minutes, but you finally brought it up. <laughs> this really upsets me. Debacle. This. Um, see, so yeah, you, you may have noticed that the checker flag was waved by um, supermodel Winnie Harlow, who you will probably recognize if you follow Lewis Hamilton on Instagram because yeah. they're friends, mystery um, girlfriend. That is, yeah, they do a lot, they do a lot together, don't they? It's <laughs> probably his girlfriend. Um, She's famous, <laughs> she's Canadian, she was there. They let her wave the flag. That's fine, right? It's not when it gets waved a lap too soon. Um most of the drivers realised that it was it was wrong and kind of just carried on racing. Um but as is the rules with these things, they do a count back lap, so they actually took the result from the end of the sixty eighth lap. Um, even though the drivers carried on racing to the end. Um, yeah. Luckily, it didn't really make a huge difference. The only position change, I believe, was Perez managed to get past Magnussen for 13th place. Um, so their positions got reversed back. Doesn't make any real difference. Um, and Dane Ricciardo was a bit miffed because he set the fastest lap on lap 70, which mm. got erased. So Verstappen got the fastest lap instead, <laughs> um, which is the first time we've had a fastest lap that's not from Ricciardo or Bottas, I believe. I, th- um, I th- this season. thought Max. Time. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought Max already had got one. one. Got oh, Monaco. did he get the one in Monaco? Ma- Max yes, is yeah. yeah, Max is second. Right, yes, of course he did. But it's still a Red Bull. Still a Red, still Bull. A Red Bull. Yeah, so Red Bull have got four out of seven fastest laps. Um, I don't know if you saw, but he found out that he hadn't got the fastest lap live on <laughs> yeah, TV, was which was very entertaining. It was quite funny. His, his little face, bless him. Yeah, you oh, can see no. the exact moment his heart breaks. 
Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, so. he was being interviewed by um, Sky. Yeah. So th- this anyway, this th- this flag waving business. <sighs> I mean, <sighs> so lot instantly, lots of people gave her lots of stick for it, and there was lots of oh, this is what happens when you spend so much time with celebrities hanging around on the grid and get celebrities to do important things. I mean, but it had nothing to do with that's her nonsense. Being, it's, it's, it's not. It wasn't her. So the situation was, the situation was at each race, the person who waves the flag isn't actually an employee of Formula One management. Oh, it's a, they're they're an employee of the racetrack. Yeah, it's usually some like somebody that's part of the marshals crew, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So and all the marshals are hired by the racetrack. Yeah. So it, at each track. The race control is obviously run by Formula One management. They 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 bring all the the show around the world, and they've got all the equipment, and they're they're out at each track setting everything up months before the actual race. Um, what's happened here is there's been a miscommunication between the person who's in charge of waving the flag and race control because of of accents and because of ways people speak in different languages simple as that so i think i think they thought he was making a statement when he was yeah. actually asking a question was yeah yeah it is confusing. it is lap 69 is, is <laughs> what he said they thought he was asking a question so no, they thought he was making a statement so they said okay as in <laughs> okay yes it is lap 69 <laughs> then he hands the lady the flag the lady waves the flag yeah. um, but part of this for me is I do think like having, you know, famous people in those kinds of, of places, official places like that, is a bit of a distraction for these things. I don't think it's necessary. I don't really see what it brings to the race myself. Well, I, funny enough, I sent um, some people I work with a video of, um, come the name of the Arsenal player, but there was an Arsenal player on the grid um, and Martin Brundle just kind of didn't know who he was and sort of shoved him out the way to interview somebody else. Um, and they said to me, like, well, why are all these like random sports people and celebrities on the grid? And I didn't actually have a real answer for them other than it's good for the sponsors, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's kind of it, so, really. Some of them are um, genuinely very into the sport, though. Um, oh, yeah, like um, you see like people Gigi like... Gigi Hadid. Um, <laughs> uh, like Michael Fassbender, he turns well, up yeah, quite Fa- a Well, yeah, Fassbender he, races yeah, as well. He's, he races yeah, exactly. himself. He, yeah, he was racing Ferraris there yeah, that weekend. I think. It was. He was, I was part of the Ferrari challenge, yeah. yeah. At um, that track, so he had every right to be there. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. It's it's always been part of it. It's probably always going to be. It's a nice yeah, thing yeah, that sponsors for sure. do to make some money. I just but... don't get why she's in, or why he or she, or anyone other than the race officials, would be up in the box. I mean, fair enough, start the race, because all you have to do is push a button when someone tells you to push a button. But in terms of ending the race, like that's so risky, because it, as soon as the checkered flag falls, you know you can have marshals running out on track, and if mm. these guys are all running around at racing speeds and you've got marshals stood by the blooming apexes of corners, waving flags everywhere, that is insanely dangerous. Yeah. <clears throat> which um, we had like you had all the marshals coming out doing the thing where they just wave all the flags on the yeah and even K- Kimi Raikkonen did a radio message yeah. saying why the Jeff are all the flags waving about like he, he, he couldn't believe what he was seeing and it, also Sebastian Vettel another radio message saying tell them not to wave the checkered flag until it's finished <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they need telling yeah um, yeah it's 
like you say, I think it's, it's just like a bit it's, shambolic, isn't it? Yeah, it makes a mockery of the sport. It's not the fault of this particular celebrity, and like the fact that she's getting stick for it is yeah. ridiculous. That's but sad as well. It is, but it's just like it's the fact that you're adding another element of that chain, and it's another place where miscommunication can happen, yeah. and it's just not really necessary. Yeah. But I don't we think go. we'll see many more celebrities waving checkers flags at least this season. After all, no, this. Um, it's they're just lucky that the result didn't actually change. I mean, as it was, like uh, Bottas was really, really low on fuel, and Verstappen got within like a tenth of him on yeah, the line. Yeah, they were, they were, they were quite lucky with the way it turned out. Um, also, Perez lost a position as well at the end from fifteenth to forty, fourteenth to fifteenth. Inconsequential. <laughs> well, yeah, inconsequential, it wouldn't have been if it was our random driver. <laughs> that's true. That, that would have been. I mean, yeah, that, that's the other thing, right? There's so many like other people who and, and other other peripheral like things around Formula One that when something like this this happens, it does ripple out outside of like directly out of formula one onto other things you know things like yeah. our our predictions league <laughs> I, like I love how i was making a joke I, and you made it sound really important <laughs> it's it like I, i'm not i'm not saying like our thing is but like there are like betting well things. yeah you very know, true. serious oh, yeah, serious money being spent by people on betting and if you if you end a race two laps early for no good reason that is serious man that's bad yeah oh yeah but yeah, sorry. Anyway, I'm ranting a little bit. I'm <laughs> going to move on. Um, so yeah, Vettel quite comfortable in the end. Uh, cruised to his 50th win in Formula One. Um, he's also now got the same number of wins for Ferrari as Alonso achieved well, in his time there. But has held on for second from Verstappen and Ricardo. Uh, Hamilton and Raikkonen rounded out the people on the uh, lead lap. Everybody else uh, from seventh downwards were lapped, which is... Um, is the state of Formula One these <laughs> yep. days, I guess. Uh, the Renaults, impressively, were the best of the rest. Hulkenberg in seventh, Sainz in eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, followed by Ocon, and then Charles Leclerc uh, rounded out the points with yet another points finish for him in tenth. Um, he now is one point away from equaling the career points of Marcus Ericsson. Um, Leclerc has 10 points in seven starts. Ericsson has 11 points in 83 starts. What? Um, you have to wonder how much longer Ericsson's connection to the people in charge there will keep him in that seat. Yeah, Leclerc is just blowing him away. Especially so considering it's now more or less a division of Ferrari with the Alfa Romeo connection. There's, yeah. I can't remember who his sponsor is, but obviously whoever that is um, that he was bringing in and his connections, they're clearly not as powerful as the Ferrari connection, for sure. Yeah, it's they they're one of those companies that has just like a really generic company name that could mean absolutely yeah. anything. Um, hang on. Shark Fist Promotions. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's super generic. Paydrive.com. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it now. <laughs> I've, I've dug myself this deep. It'd be a shame if we were to lose Ericsson because we wouldn't have anyone to blame. For <laughs> we wouldn't. We wouldn't have a guaranteed bet for like first DNF <laughs> if when you're struggling. <laughs> there it is. It is Swiss investment firm Longbow Finance. Longbow Finance. Wow. I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, whether Leclerc moves on to Haas or Ferrari, I fully expect Giovinazzi to be in that Cyber next year. Yeah. Um. At the expense of one of them. 
I'd love to see the brand guidelines for longbow finance. They must be really, must <laughs> probably be really Helvetica and not a lot. Of <laughs> 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 We're very way off topic now. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, inbox. Oh no. Sorry. Move of the day. I'm moving too fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, move of the day. Does anybody have anything? No. Move on. Uh, my. <laughs> I, I've got like. Uh, you know what? Potentially, I think if if it had not all ended in tears, I think this would have been cut and dry. Hartley's move of the day. That, yeah, if he stuck, if, that, if he'd stuck that, that would have been an absolute world. And <laughs> again, if it had not ended in tears, probably Stroll's start is up there for contention. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, we could still give it Stroll as far as turn two. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. Fair could enough. Do. That's, that's true. let's just do that so that we don't have um, to dwell on I it. I don't know, like. <laughs> I I also feel like um, Bottas elbows out against Verstappen and Verstappen almost making that one stick as well. Um, yeah, that was that was some good driving. Some good. Maybe moves let's there. give it jointly to Bottas and Verstappen for doing that and not hitting each other. Yeah, okay. I think two races ago that would have ended in tears, but because yeah. Verstappen's calmed himself down a little bit and starting to approach some of these moves with a bit more maturity, then uh, it's 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 worked out better for him. Yeah, yeah. Let's go there okay. then. Cool. Um, how about driver of the day? Mm, well, Verstappen sort of ran. Uh, sorry, Vettel just ran away with it, didn't he? Pretty yeah. much. It's an easy afternoon for him. Um, mm. I think Leclerc is worth mentioning for his points finish and climbing through the pack again. Um, but so too is Gasly and maybe even Grosjean to an extent even though yeah last to 12 yeah even though Gasly and Grosjean didn't make it into the points they were 20th and 19th on the grid respectively so Grosjean and Gasly then get into 12th and 11th respectively is a slight achievement in itself I guess yeah well you've got to remember three of those were from retirements as well weren't they true yeah um, but it's... yeah, it's still no mean But, feat, you know, obviously. Grosjean's finishing above his teammate who started ahead of him. Um, Gasly's finishing above, like, but you know... His teammate, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gasly's finishing above, like, McLarens and Saubers and stuff, which, fair enough, they're sort of back of the grid fodder, but he's getting... You know, he's getting... <laughs> 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 Savage. <laughs> well, they are at the minute, are they not? <laughs> yeah, it's, well, yeah, you're but, right. Like there's a there's Perez in there. He's beat Perez, so it's a decent drive, really. Um, it's hard to look past Vettel, though. I think, isn't it? I think so. I think he controlled it really well, and th- th- he got the official vote as well. To be fair, with Leclerc not far behind, actually. Yeah, even um, when Bottas was like closing the gap, it never really looked in doubt, did it? Nah, not really. Um, you know what? It's 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 surprising because that Mercedes, the long run pace on it on Saturday, uh, sorry, on Thursday, uh, mm. on Friday, <laughs> every day around the day that I actually wanted. <laughs> um, on Friday, their long run pace looked really good. They were like half a second quicker than everyone else, yeah. but it just didn't materialize in the race. Weirdly. Hmm. And finally, for the awards. Honestly, <laughs> what the f- are we doing here? You could show a little more enthusiasm, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Goodness. I was, I was reading something else and realised it was and time to move on. finally for the awards. <laughs> well, Shall we do I that mean... again? <laughs> it's too late now. Press the button. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I mean, there's the obvious one. There's yeah, a very obvious it's choice. so obvious. I think part of, part of me does want to give it a little bit to Mercedes because I feel like they should have done a lot better this race. I've, I, they've dropped the ball massively. 
Well, they yeah. should have had the upgrade that they were planning. Realistically, I don't. I yeah. don't think it's all down to the upgrade, though. I think that they, they they must have they've gone wrong somewhere else, man. Like it's not that's not all because they've got such an advantage with the engine anyway. Mm. Um, I don't believe that every other team suddenly found the power deficit that Mercedes that they had against that Mercedes had over them. So, I'm I've been a little dubious though up to now about how much of an advantage that Mercedes actually has these days. Just because races like China that you'd expect to maybe China. be yeah China to maybe be in their <laughs> pockets and weren't um, just certain places where you would yeah, in the past you would right. just put all your money I mean, on Mercedes and you'd say it doesn't matter which of them it will be it will be one of them. And yeah. you're not getting that at all this season, so no. I d- I do think the gap is a lot less. So it's, yeah, it's a lot easier right. for them to close it. I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Like I said myself at the start of the season that I don't think it's got the power that everyone actually thinks it has. Um, it 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 gets talked up so 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 much, and I think that you know they do hold their cards. All the teams hold the cards close to the chest, so you never really know quite how much power they're generating. No, um, I do all. think that, that you know there's this ongoing um, Ferrari electronic power thing where they're doing the double battery thing. I think there's that that is a factor for me. I think that there's something they've found an advantage somehow, and it's legal. And everyone else is sort of yeah. trying to figure out what they've done there because they've made up a lot of ground on Mercedes to if if they have caught them and indeed overtaken them. Which, based on the you know this race, I guess. On the surface, it, it it would appear that they have the faster yeah. car at the minute. Well, I mean, um, the the thing is, we have th- we have a few races coming up, which on paper should be Mercedes track. So I think that will tell us an awful lot. Yeah, absolutely. Paul Ricard, man, that's gonna that's a serious Mercedes track. And the upgrade the should be here for that race as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so. All of that concluding with whoever decided to wave the flag on the wrong lap gets the award. Yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah. I think the obvious choice is the flag. Longest WTF yeah. ever, maybe? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know, uh, we've got a few contenders for that now. We do tend to go on a bit these days. <laughs> WTF moment. Anyway, uh, inbox let's box. Have a quick trip to inbox box box. Uh, George Coleman uh, says, feel like Harley just got caught out being in the wrong place at the wrong time ultimately down to a stroll car mistake uh, and he paid the price wouldn't pin it on him as there were many cars going side by side through there just a shame that Hartley was in for one to be um, next to one of the lesser talented drivers on the grid Ooh. Ooh. Um, Ooh. which I think I agree with I mean yeah. we sort of spoke earlier you I like how he calls he it should have been there but I like how George calls it a stroll slash car mistake <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my, my car sometimes makes mistakes as well <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> Yeah, I, I agree with George. I think it it he was in the he just got caught out. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but as we've said already, that move was totally on. It's just it just it's bad luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, friend of the show uh, and are they better than Bruno Senna? Composer Ashley Foster. <laughs> oh, what a cool um, old soundbite that was. Yeah, yeah I was thinking um, about are they better than Bruno Senna the other day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ash said, terrible. <laughs> I thought that was it. Oh, it'd have been so much better if it was just that. <laughs> yeah, blunt. 
Uh, I dragged three F1 virgins, including my wife, to the pub on our two-year wedding anniversary, Oof. expecting a hype race, and got nothing. If they can't make Canada good, there's something very wrong. Beth enjoyed learning about DRS. That's about it. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, then also, Peter Reynolds, in response to uh, what do you think of the race, said simply, it was one of the worst. <laughs> Ooh. Um, Dad's life also asks us to weigh in on whether we think F1 needs to reintroduce refueling to spice up Ooh. the races. Um, all of this kind of leading to this question that's sort of doing the rounds online right now of is F1 in a bit of a state right now? Because, I mean, as we said at the start, Canada traditionally is the home of very, very good motor races. And this yeah. was a very, very boring motor race. I think let's not be hasty. We've, you know, we've had, we've yeah. had some pretty banging races this season. Let's yeah, not I mean, forget Baku. Let's not forget um, uh, the one before that, China. I mean, I mean Australia was a dud. Yeah. Bahrain was great. Yeah. China was fantastic. Yeah. Azerbaijan was fantastic. Even Spain was pretty good. And Spain's normally one of the duller races of the season. So it's only re- like... We're on 50% really good races this season yeah. so far, I would say. I'd say at least three out of seven have been absolute bangers. Yeah. And then one out of seven has been okay. And then the other three out of seven has been not great. Yeah. Um. The, I mean, these cars aren't very good at following each other. There's no doubting that. But we've still got good races out of it. Um. I mean... Paul Ricard is just an unknown right now. Austria usually various generates overtaking, so we'll see. Silverstone's not the best. Germany, well, again, we'll see. I, I just, just, just wait and see. I think. I think yeah. a lot of people are losing their minds mm. over one bad race right now. I, well, I, I do <clears> fear <throat> that Paul Ricard might not generate the kind of overtaking that we want to see. Because I think so as well. The chicane they've thrown in in the. Uh, uh, in the middle of the long straight is still quite a fast chicane. This yeah. is not yeah. a huge braking zone. You've you've so. got a couple of points that might generate it because the DRS aided, but yeah, if they really tune the DRS it's... well, then you might be. In a we, we will show, but... we will see for sure because um, there's there's yeah. that back straight like you say where they've added the chicane and then the start finish straight goes into a chicane and has DRS on it. So those yeah, those are the super two high speed left right. Though, yeah, exactly. So... That's that I think that's the main problem. But the th- the thing that I'm picturing in my head and I'm really hoping for is because they are fairly high speed chicanes. What I'm really hoping for is cars getting side by side under DRS going into that and as much side by side and like leaving it last minute to back out and like suicide it's basically (laughs) who's got the bigger balls i think it's what i'm hoping for there's loads you know what there's loads of runoff so it's infamous for it isn't it the blue and black runoff runoff, yeah 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 um so we'll see um does that answer answer question i think so as for reintroducing (laughs) refueling i still think that is not what we need. As soon nah. as you, if refueling introduces lots of new nice strategy things, which then means all the overtakes happen in pit stops. Like that's, yeah. if you go back and watch the refueling era races, it was all just pit at the right time to get out in front of the person mm. that you yeah. want to be in front. But of. then it's argue, you could argue that that's what it is now. Just oh, the only difference is it's down to who can make the tires last longer. Who can yeah, the tires. true. But at least there's a bit more skill in making the tires last and driving on older tires than there is just emptying your fuel tank. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, there's, there's an argument to say that if they were refueling, they'd be able to push 100% of the time. Mm. Yeah, because they fuel the car accordingly. Because like like we've heard in this in this last race, just you know, Bottas almost lost a position due to having to fuel save. Yeah, and that's not I what think... you want to see, is it? That, that's not conducive to really, really balls out. You know, fast. fast the extra fuel loads might make a difference to that though for next year. That's that starts possibly. 2019, doesn't it? Yeah, possibly. So that should hopefully mm. allow them to push harder for longer, mm. and if not, majority of the race. In theory, yeah, true. I think fuel like playing a big part in like your Le Mans twenty four hour or your Indy five hundred is an interesting element to it. But I think in a, a race that lasts an hour and a half, two hours, I don't personally don't yeah. think it should be as big a factor no. as that. I'm, I'm with you there. Actually, I think that's a very valid argument, very valid point. Um, does um, that? I think that answers that one. Doesn't I think it? that just about answers that. Yeah. Um, that's life. Also say um why was stroll classified as first dnf and not hartley surely hartley was out of the race first there's a whole prediction point resting on this um oh, oh, that leads goodness. us very nicely onto predictions uh the answer to the question is i don't think we know do we there's no there's no official thing in the regulations as to how they classify them other than it it is more than likely who hit the last time in loop first and when you sort of when you sort of think about it, there's every possibility that Hartley hit it before Stroll because of the way that they crashed. Um, I don't know exactly how it is, but whatever we do will always be taken from the official listing on the website, which has yeah. Stroll listed as first DNF. Yeah, we we get we get all the official results through, and we that's what we use. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> this is why we always say we go on the official results because. We don't have to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, who comments. wants to take us through predictions? Me, please <laughs> go. Um, I scored a point, <laughs> and you two didn't. And that's uh, it. Moving on. That's it. Yep. You can submit your predictions. Uh, no. Yeah. So <laughs> each of us, all three of us, predicted Hamilton for pole and the win, and uh, predicted wrongly. Uh, Chris had Hulkenberg uh, as first DNF and was wrong. Tom had Ocon. Uh, for first DNF and was wrong and I had Magnuson <laughs> and I was wrong um, I was the only one to uh, out of the three of us to correctly predict 17 finishes uh, Tom had 15 and Chris had 16 and we all predicted that Gasly would be 13th and 14th and none of us got that right um, and that's us have we, we've got some predictions from who did best out of the uh, it uh, was a tie for entrance. first this weekend um, you had Anders Varda Harvey Edwards and, and Henrik Lindoff. Harvey Edwards. Mm, both correctly... Oh, oh free. Three-way tie for... Yeah. thing. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, so the three of you all correctly predicted Sebastian Vettel for po- fastest qualifier and winner. Um, first DNF was Harvey Edwards. He predicted Lance Stroll. Um, as... De- oh, no, that's, that's fourth. Um, Anders Varda and Henrik Lindoff both correctly predicted 17 finishes. Um, and that's how they got their f- each got their three points. Yeah. Um, you can submit your predictions at backofthegrid.com. Um, there's a prize every week for anybody who gets a clean sweep. I've got a sweet F1 notepad if anyone gets uh, for the winner next week. <clears throat> so make Excellent. sure you get your predictions in. And there'll be a prize as well for the season champion. So keep those predictions coming. 
just have a glance at the leaderboard. Uh, that's actually put Hendrik Lindhoff into first place on the leaderboard because our previous leader, Tom Austin Morgan, scored a big fat zero this week. So we have a new leader. Wow, a new leader, <clears throat> yes. Mm-hmm. Overall standings, Henrik Lindhoff on 13. Um, Tom Austin Morgan on 11.5 and Dominic Poole on 11. They're actually top three. Um, God, they're all so far ahead of me now. It's yeah. Different. It's miserable. So down the order of uh, the presenters, I... I'm in 7th, uh, Tom is in 31st, and Chris is in 42nd. That, anyway, moving on, uh, that's enough of that. <laughs> um, I think that's everything on Canada, right? Yep, that's everything. We've stretched it out to an hour, which is more than I thought we would. Yeah, done really well. Almost exactly um, Good work. So it's two weeks until the French Grand Prix uh, at Paul Ricard for the first time in, I'm not sure how many years, and the very first time at this configuration of the track, so... Very much twenty-eight into an unknown there. Twenty-eight. I, be- years I believe it was nineteen ninety the last race there. It's a long old time, and it's been a good how many years since we had a French Grand Prix? That's all, ten so. years. Last one was won good by Felipe Massa in two thousand eight at Manicor. Tom Tom's done his research. I know, right? I wonder why that is. Stato. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before all of that, um, we've got the Le Mans twenty-four hour uh, next weekend. Um, where Sir Mr. Lonzo is going to be going for part two of his uh, Triple Crown attempt, um, as well as former F1 faces like Jensen Button and Juan Pablo Montoya and Vitaly Petrov. Who else is there? Hmm. That's you know what I've just you know it's just occurred to me. What's that? Button. If Button can win the Le Mans this weekend, which is entirely possible because they're racing Toyotas. Mm-hmm. He'd have two components to the Triple Crown. He would. And that would be more than Alonso's got. He's as close as Alonso is right now. Yeah, right now they are both equally close and they're both entering the same race. It's fa- fascinating. Ooh, do, you, do you think he'd go for it if he got the second part? Do you think he'd uh, give him I think you'd, you'd have go. to, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd have to. I'm sure he could get a deal with a Honda IndyCar team yeah, because of who sure. G- oh, yeah, JB definitely. is and his presence in Japan. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's one to watch next weekend. Yeah, I'm sure we'll um, talk about that on the following episode. Um, yeah. I'll certainly be watching as much of the 24 hours as I can. Um, in the meantime, uh, give us a like, share and a subscribe and leave us a review on anywhere you can leave reviews. It would be incredibly helpful and we very much appreciate it. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1. We're on Facebook, just search Back of the Grid. We're also on Instagram at Back of the Grid. And the website where you can see everything to do with the Predictions League is backofthegrid.com. Uh, if you want to find any of us, uh, Stu is on Twitter at Stu underscore PX. Tom is at TomKing89. And I am at TNM Chris. And that will do us for this week. So thank you very much for joining us. And we will speak to you in a week's time. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.